Bingo, bango, bongo. On ice. <laughs> Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Well done. Good evening. You got it. I'm getting better. You are improving. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, here we are again. No beer to crack tonight. Because? Well, technically I cracked the beers in the other room because I made I made us a special drink. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple things tonight. One that you're going to need a stronger drink for, like when we're talking about Dax-type stuffings. But we're also talking about FI-approved beverages for the summer wait i thought it was fi garage approved beverages uh, okay i thought we we were the stamp of approval we're the approvers yes we are yeah the approvers the of the beverages i don't know i was gonna go more general just like if you're if you're on your path to fi what's kind of a, a approved beverage sure that just kind of lowers our value in this episode i think <laughs> <laughs> okay these are our approved beverages well cheers Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I'll put in a stunt can opening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Later on. But yeah. What, what we're drinking here is a homemade Rattler. Rattler. Now, uh, is that your beer? Yeah. These. It is not my own beer, but we may have that for the second round, round two. Yeah. It's a little young. We're gonna we're gonna talk sure. about yeah. Make yeah. We'll get so what beer is it? Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of screwed up that too because I was thinking in retrospect after I left the store, it would have been good to buy a European lager right. to make a Rattler. But then I was thinking, well, really a Rattler and a Shandy are pretty much the same. So if you don't know what those are, a Shandy is basically like a lemonade and a light beer mixed together. Yeah. Very was, refreshing for was, the summer. Yeah, totally refreshing, right? And Rattlers have grown in popularity as well. Yeah. Because uh, they're they're both low alcohol content. You're sort of cutting a beer in half. So right. it's kind of like a nice afternoon refreshing drink. So this one in particular that I made for us is a Lucky Lager. Classic. Which is yeah. pretty classic BC beer uh, that's not brewed in BC anymore, but that's another Never story. was. Never, never was. Never was. It says the island's lager. Yeah. Common misconception. It's, that's just a marketing ploy. Crazy, right? Yeah. So the other half of this is Sprite, and it's fresh grapefruit juice in there. Pretty and it's good. quite quite delicious. Mm-hmm. I noticed mine doesn't have any grapefruit juice, or Lucky. Yeah, you requested uh, the Virgin. <laughs> yeah, the Virgin Rattler. The, the economist has been a little ill as of late. Yeah, he showed up, so we'll give him credit for that. Yeah, until he gets both of us sick. then. Yeah, last time I was on antibiotics drinking, I wasn't drinking, but we ended up buying a fat man pie at the river rock casino at 3 a.m so careful where this night goes okay <laughs> well and that's his microphone from now on forever that's fair yeah okay okay so well the rattler it is nice quite refreshing drink and the point that well later on we'll talk about it in the episode but the point is that you know i bought a six pack of beer that will technically make 12 rattlers yes Rattler. For the same price. For as, the same price. Actually, probably less because Rattlers are generally quite expensive. They are, Well, they've gotten popular, so they're capitalizing on the marketing, right? They, yeah. And they've gotten expensive. And, and that's fine. I mean, it comes down to that convenience factor, doesn't it? They, I mean, they've also put vodka soda in a can now. I mean, how hard is it to have two ingredients that you pour in one glass? Quite easy. Quite easy. But uh, yeah, it's our convenience yeah. society. We pay a premium for it. So if you like a Rattler, make your own. Yeah, this is delicious. Yeah. Uh, so the meat of the 
topic this evening will be about non-registered accounts and taxes, but first we will hear about our new segment and I will try and heckle you as much as you heckled me last episode on our, uh, what are we calling it? Our useful financial product? Sure. That's that's kind of- We'll see how long it sticks around. Yeah, with no, we get new segments all the time. No jingle. No, no jing- jingle. That's, that's jingle free. That's why I haven't put any jingles in because <laughs> when we get to episode 20, we're going to have to be good and have a jingle and have segments to work. <laughs> we're getting dangerously close to episode 20. Six more episodes. To go. Uh, Uh-oh. Okay. We got lots. Yeah. So The Economist was going to do a short presentation tonight. And just a reminder, these are not- advertising spots we're just trying to bring you some awareness awareness to products that you may find useful out there this right is, we're not we're not pitching these we're not affiliated we're not affiliated no. we're not getting paid but we are putting in the referral links aren't there we? will be a referral in the show notes so yeah. if if you're interested and you want to support the show we really appreciate it you can click on our link but there's no pressure obviously. absolutely our useful financial product you got it buddy is uh gonna be two today coho and stack and they're very similar, aren't they? They are basically the same thing. Okay. They're there you go. preloaded credit cards. So you put money on them and use them ex- mostly like a bank account. Okay. But one's a Visa, Coho. Yeah. And Stack is a MasterCard. So you can use them wherever Visa or MasterCard is accepted. So if you are shopping online, need a credit card, don't have one, maybe this is something you want to look into. Or would this also build your credit then? I don't think it does. I don't know that it doesn't. It's just using their payment process. Right. Because there's no actual credit, is it? You there is have, no credit. You have to load them. They won't. Right. Do they auto-reload from your account? Um, I'm you not have... sure. I haven't used them that much to know. But you've been using Coho? Well, I, I tried them both. Okay. Uh, Coho was offering half a percent cash back. Okay. And Stack has Stack deals or something. So I'm failing to see the value on that. If I guess if you don't have a credit card. I think it's for these? people who don't want to have a credit card. Okay, that's see, fair. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that this could be very useful for people who have trouble with their spending, want to be on a cash basis, but would like to get, I mean, it's sure it's only half a percent back, but it's still better than not getting anything back. And you cash know, like, is a little bit inconvenient, so it gives you the convenience as well. Right. I'm in, I'm surprised that the banks haven't turned around because now like my TD bank card, my checking card, yeah. has the the Visa, Visa link yeah. on. It. Why are they offering me a half a percent cash back when I use my debit card? Right. Yeah. I think Scotia Bank's offering points. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Coho and Stack, um, you sign up. Right. You, you get a bonus. You, you get for a phys- signing up. Okay, and you get a physical card. That's right. Right, and they have they use that business model where if you refer them. Do you and the referee? Right. right. Do they get Both bonuses? people get a bonus. bonus. So they're kind of using that business yeah. model as well. Yeah. Okay. And you can use it for harvesting too. I think that was part of the reason I signed up. Right. Uh, Coho, I believe, was $20, $20 for signing up. Yeah. And Stack was $10 for signing up. And so it's a, 30 bucks for free. And half a percent on any spending you do with it. For Coho, yeah. For Coho. Stack gives you deals. So Stack's a little hairier because they're promoting a product. So right. you might spend on something you otherwise wouldn't because, hey, it's 25% off this month. Oh, they do that kind of where it's right. like we're specializing on what shoes right. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, like... But I mean, some of them are like they have a gas deal every once in a while. Okay. So you're going to use gas no matter what, but you got to be careful, right? Right. 
it's hard to keep up with all these additional product offers and points programs. And, you know, I haven't tried Stack or Coho. And I, I think because I do the majority of my spending on uh, cashback credit card, I wouldn't, there'd be no motivation for me to switch at all. Yeah, it's a small harvest, so. Yeah, so I think if you were, like you said, if you were running a, a cash-only type operation where you didn't want to have credit cards or if you wanted to, maybe you want to use something online to shop with that's uh, Visa or MasterCard right. recognized, but you don't want to use your personal card. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might be a use for it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously not anonymous. Like you still, right. it's under your name and things like that, but it's not, it, it couldn't be, I mean, they're pretty good at credit card fraud now anyway. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Another use might be segregating your spending. Right. If, you know, you want to use the bag method, but with cards. Yeah, because obviously it's going to track your spending. Yeah. So it'd be another good way of, of yeah. tracking spending. Right. Hmm. All righty. Tonight we had some feedback from a listener. See, I told you it wasn't just my mom out there. We actually got a request for a topic for a show, right? Well, unless you guys just like wrote the email under a pen name. No, uh, that was no, it not, wasn't. It wasn't me. Not the economist. <laughs> not the accountant. Okay, it was a really good. So it was you, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's it a... was the money mechanic. <laughs> I'm not. I admit nothing. <laughs> uh, so thanks a lot. We appreciate the reader emails from Trevor here. He asked a really, really good question, and we'll see what we can figure out. The question was. If you have filled up your RSPs and your TFSAs, what next? And what is the sort of most tax-efficient thing to do next? Tax-efficient and between him and his wife. And with a spouse. Right. Yeah, it's important to put in the spouse part as well there. So we had to do, we did a little head-scratching because, uh, of course, this show is for entertainment purposes. We are not experts and everything we do and say is only for entertainment and is our opinion. Absolutely. Yes. But, but we try and steer you down the right path and maybe give you some resources and links to learn more about these interesting topics. And I think, first of all, uh, Trevor's obviously kicking ass because both him and his wife have maxed their registered accounts. Right. Congratulations. No, so yeah. that is... No shit. That's, that's awesome. Excellent work. Yeah. yeah. That's a FI Garage cheers for that. Yeah. Cheers to that. Oh, we're not all supposed to drink at the same time, are we? <laughs> well, if you're going to cheers, at least make the... Fair enough. Well, I didn't want to spill Radler all over his computer. We were running glasses. Hey, that's what his computer is for. It's basically a, an electronic napkin. <laughs> <laughs> electronic napkin. All right. Oh. Well, if if it, if the mic wasn't attached to the table, he could have dropped it there, and I would have been okay. Yeah, that's the episode, folks. <laughs> okay, so uh, where do we? How do we? How do we dig into this? This is a tough question. I think. I think for most of us, once we get sort of halfway along the journey to FI, um, we're going to be facing this challenge. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely something, I mean, it's something to aspire to is to have this problem. This right. is a great yeah. problem to have. Exactly. Yeah. I've maxed all my registered accounts. What do I do with my money now? Yeah. How do I invest it? How do I invest it? Yeah. You don't want to just stick it in EQ Bank or a GIC. No. That's probably the worst thing you can do, right? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I would start by saying that interest income is taxed at your marginal tax rate. So it's the least efficient form of investment income that you can earn outside of a registered account because it's always going to be at your marginal tax rate. So you're always going to pay less on dividends, capital gains, right? that kind of thing. The basic point there is let's just clarify that uh, we'll call that 
interest-bearing investments. Interest-bearing investments. Okay. Yeah. Should be held within your registered accounts. Yes. Okay. And also any kind of foreign Yes, equities. any kind of foreign. Okay. So let's just get that right out of the way. Those go well, in your registered. We're not going to Foreign talk equities? About yeah. Yeah. Like US equities. Can't you stash those in your RSP? Yes, that's what we're saying. Foreign foreign Oh, should in. be. Should yeah. be. Gotcha. What I what I'm just I'm just saying that we're not going to talk about those in the non-registered because it's the planning should be that they go into the the tax advantage right. account. Tax okay. advantage account. Okay. Right. So when it comes to the non-registered, now you've chopped out a bunch of choices. Yeah. You don't want to hold REITs. Generally not. No. So you're basically down to Canadian equities. Yeah. Or Canadian ETFs. Generally, that's what you want sitting in your non-registered accounts. We've talked about on the show before that dividends are taxed favorably. Right. Um, because of the dividend tax credit. And so that's the kind of investments that you want exposed to tax. But that's going to depend on your marginal tax rate and your income as well. Absolutely. Because there's a whole, like, there's the whole other factor if you're moving towards FI is if you still have a mortgage, right? are you better off once you've maxed your registered accounts to say, I am actually going to pay off this mortgage? I was just going to ask that. Right? Because yeah. it's, it's after tax. You're talking about after tax dollars. And if you just own your home and you don't have any income producing revenue suite or anything, that interest you're paying on your mortgage is not tax deductible. Right. So you can take your after tax dollars and hammer down your mortgage, which probably is going to be at a low rate, but it's guaranteed it could get, return. It's and, a guaranteed return. Yeah. And if your mortgage is a thousand bucks a month and you pay off your mortgage, you're a thousand bucks a month closer to FI. I'm going to flip that on its head a little bit, but we won't go into, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. I was going to say, you know, if you're at the point where you've still got a mortgage and you're ready to invest in a non-registered account, maybe that's the point you start doing a Smith maneuver. Yes. Right. That, you could absolutely start could a Smith maneuver get a, on that one. Get a re-advanceable mortgage going so that you're continuing to pay down your mortgage aggressively, but then you're using any of that capital, the principal that you've got, the equity there to now be invested in your non-registered account. Yeah. And if anybody's wondering what a Smith maneuver is, it's essentially taking out a home equity line of credit. It's converting debt. It's converting debt yeah. and then reinvesting it and creating... Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. There'll be a link. And I believe Maple Money. I think Tom <laughs> yes. Drake just yeah. did a great there episode a on episode it. On. So, There's a new book coming out. Yes. There's right. an updated book coming oh, out okay. on Smith Maneuver, which I'm yeah. really interested to read. So I, I think if you're interested in the Smith Maneuver, listen to that Tom Drake show as a starting point on Maple Money and... Uh, and go from there. And I'm going to take the opportunity to plug my other podcast here because we did do an interview on the Smith Maneuver as well with a, a local person in Victoria that's using the strategy and they have been for a while. So it's nice to hear uh, a perspective of somebody that's actually been doing it. Right. And right. Gone through the plan themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so that's episode number. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's not out yet, is it? It's getting released. It'll be released by the time this okay. comes out. So you'll find it on exploreficanada.ca. Okay. So... You made, a, you made a good point about the mortgage. The other one would be RESPs. If you have kids. If you yeah. have kids, right? Keep Sure. Keep That's another tax-free tax, tax free vehicle that you can invest in. Yeah. But yeah, I like the idea of the mortgage pay down or, or really any other debts. Is presumably, you yeah. don't have... You it's know, it's, it's a great debts. way to minimize expenses. But yeah. I mean, if you're somebody that says, well, my, my mortgage is at 2.9% and I don't care at all. I want to keep that debt. I know I'm going to do better in the long run investing. 
then you want to be in something that spits off as little income as possible. Or any income is in eligible dividends. Is in eligible dividends or is only, you know, like if you have a ETF that pays 0.5% in dividends and is really just about growth, well, then you get to control when those taxes are triggered by when you sell and right. trigger capital gains. Which is S&P 500? Yeah, essentially. Index, even though it's foreign? Uh, no, you'd want it to be Canadian. Yeah, but you can take VFV. Yeah, okay, well, the withholding gonna, taxes are within the ETF. Within the ETF. You are still suffering withholding taxes. Yeah. And this is a problem This is a problem about the non-registered accounts is you can become overly home-biased with Canadian equities right. in there if that's all your focus is. You, need, you do need to pay attention to what you're holding in your registered accounts, right? Yeah. So you may have to do a, a big sort of shuffle to get a better, bigger picture of what your portfolio is. Yeah, put more right. of your, your registered resources into international. Exactly. Like if you've got VCN yeah. or a Canadian ETF sitting in your RSP and your TSA and it's 20% in each or whatever. And Stop now, making contributions to yeah. those as soon as you... It would be important to look at how your yeah. portfolio is balanced out. Yeah, it may take some rebalancing to rejig for optimization. Yeah, that was, I, that was part of the article that we read here on Million Dollar Journey. I thought that was quite good where he talks about the one big portfolio idea and how you rearrange the investments to fit in once you start. Once you right. get, yeah, once you start maxing out that stuff. The non-registered, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to look at all your investments together, right? You can't yeah. say, well, this is this allocation in my RSP and I have this allocation in my TFSA. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I think this is where it may be worthwhile when you get to this point to sit down with a tax professional and actually look at your individual situation and do, you know, pay whatever 500, a thousand bucks yeah. to get a plan going forward. That's going to be the most efficient because there's a good chance looking into your inv individual situation. You can end up saving yourself a ton of tax in the future by making sure that once you start having everything structured properly, it's set up well going forward. So here was one of uh, Trevor's questions, I think, was should he look at a fee-only advisor? Well, I suggested so, that in, in our reply. Okay, so in your opinion, is it better to go with a tax professional than a fee-only advisor? Like from an accounting side, a tax professional on the accounting side? Right. I, th I think if you get the right advisor, they're going to be able to do both everything for right. you. A good advisor should understand the tax implications of what they're putting into yeah. place. Yeah. If they don't, they're not a very good advisor. Fair, that's fair, that's yeah. part that's of fair. the whole adv yeah. financial advising side, right? Is Well, I think, I mean, don't I, I'd rather you didn't even call it an advisor at that point. Let, let's not make the mistake. They're not selling you any products. You want a planner. You want somebody to sit down. Right. Yeah, you want, a, you want a fee-only financial planner. planner. Yeah. Because the, the nuance of each person, as you mentioned, is do they have a pension? Do yeah. they have a government pension? What uh, What's your income going to look like afterwards? You exactly. know, what about OAS clawback? You know, are you going to have high enough income that by having income outside that you're forced to recognize every year that you end up getting OAS clawback? How close are you to that age? Like, Well, and do you have a good RRSP meltdown strategy in place? Exactly. Because no point having a ton of non-reg and you now have to, and you're generating, you want to be able to not generate income from that while you're doing an rsp meltdown yeah so yeah i that was kind of my thought too when we were first thinking about this and going 
uh, it's just too many variables that are individual. Well, and I mean, for everyone, right? The old, the old personal finance. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's such a great question because it is something that you really have to pay attention to because it can be literally tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. When you, you know, if you haven't set things up optimally and you start melting things down and you're forced to trigger a whole bunch of tax yeah. that you could have otherwise avoided. Like exactly. we're talking big dollars here. Huge dollars in taxes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, well, not off topic, but I was just in a thought popped into my head is if you were at the chance, or if you had the choice where you're like, okay, we're maxed out, everything's good. And you know, you're always continue to max that out. Would you consider a property investment instead of a, uh, purchasing equities in a non-registered account you know you, you might you may i mean maybe have some cash for a down payment let's call it a smaller type property investment but rather than continuing with equities in a non-registered account would you go with a small property investment i would never make a property investment on a tax basis i think you're investing in the property for the wrong reasons well maybe i'm not saying on a tax basis but i'm saying in, a, in the choice of looking at your portfolio and saying i've got you know at the point well in today's dollars we don't know what uh the 18 percent was in in his right. account but yeah. we could probably assume that a maxed out rsp for anybody that's been at work for 10 years is is going to be well, let's call it you know over 100k anyway so, oh yeah yeah so let's yeah. say we're ballparking around 200k sure of your net worth is in uh paper assets Oh, plus 70K in the TFSA. Well, I'm adding that okay. in. I'm just ballparking. Oh, okay. like the, yeah. Yeah, because it's 70 in the TFSA, and I'm, and I'm just saying like maybe another 130 oh. in an RSP. Sure. And it's all in paper assets. So at that point, you go, well, maybe is real estate a reasonable investment at that point? I guess it depends on your, but that, person, your house yeah, now too, right? But that's also only if you're somebody who, because real estate's a whole, like you have to learn it. You have to take the time and learn what you're doing and learn about property values and rental rules and laws and it's a whole nother game, right? No, I yeah, you're right. I so, think if it's something you're considering though That could it, be a great time to do well, it if it's something you're considering, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well I guess my point is is like instead of going into a non registered self directed account and continuing to fill it up with paper assets that you may already have that you would have to move around, put your money somewhere else. Because it depends, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a consideration. Absolutely. It's definitely another option. Because you could, I guess the point is that. So is gold. <laughs> you really Bitcoin. want it. Just put it all in Bitcoin. <laughs> you really wanted to do the alternative investment cleanup, didn't you? Hey. The economist it was seemed disappointed. Like a... Yeah, we didn't talk about baseball cards. So, yes. No, we, we did. We did talk about baseball oh, cards. Oh, we did? Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't talk about gold. It was gold. I yeah. thought we talked about precious metals. Maybe we did. Yeah. Uh -huh. We didn't talk about wine. Oh, well, that's true. We did yeah. think oh. about that after the show. We're like, yeah. whiskey, wine. Yeah. 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 Actually, let's cancel that. So in your non-registered, <laughs> just buy a barrels of whiskey. <laughs> well, that's all capital gains, right? All capital gains. There was, there was a really good whiskey that came out. You remember the Collingwood that yeah. we had? Well, you know, we figured this is a limited time. It's really, really good. It was a good price. It wasn't very expensive. So no, it wasn't. The economist was smart. He bought a few bottles. I don't, I'm not going to name a number. Yeah. Eight or so. <laughs> I, I, I was smart. I bought some too. And uh, my investment has gone to zero. <laughs> but I think the economist no, still I has think some mine's capital. pretty close to zero. <laughs> so we're not going to suggest uh, investment in booze as any good. Probably not the best, especially for us. So what else are you going to do in your non-registered account? Okay. Um, 
if you're going to be putting in Canadian equities, I think as we mentioned, it's going to be it's so dependent on your individual situation because you could load it up with Canadian dividend paying stocks and generate an income from it. As you said, depending on the province you're in, you can save a well, you can save some tax money depending on your other income. That's very true and depending on what your post-retirement income levels are going to look like. If you're just collecting Canadian dividends, you can earn around $50,000 a year in dividends yeah. and not pay tax on it. That's right. So, But you got to get to that point. You got to get to that point. So that's, you're, gonna... you're still working, obviously. You're not quite FI yet. Yeah. But you can start building that portfolio up. You're going to have to suck up on the taxes for the, for the next five years that you're building it. Yeah. But then at a certain point, if you say, okay, that's it, we're fire. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can you could probably if you're a contractor or if you manage you can manage your income somehow, uh, then you can have a nice dividend paying portfolio in there, and you could then do your meltdown strategy with the RSPs to, to kind of manage your taxes all the way through. Yeah, but and that's where I think depending on your individual situation, obviously, but something that throws off very little income and is more capital gains focused, you know, uh, like. Like we said, well, an S and P growth stock, a growth stock, gold yeah. growth based. <laughs> if I hear gold one more time, <sighs> don't buy gold right now. I think yeah, yeah. no, I think it's, it's actually pretty high yeah. relatively. I mean, if you want to buy gold, buy gold. <laughs> I don't know. You still believe gold will never will always have value? Don't they use it in computers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they use it on satellites. Yeah, it's a reflector, so. don't they? I, I'm not a. Satellite. I, I like the like glazed look. He's like, what? <laughs> it's been a long week. That's a good thing I'm feeding him yeah. half strength rather. Is it time for a new one? I'm pretty yeah, close I, to a new I one. I could definitely use another drink. Well, now this is going to be interesting. We'll see what's in the fridge this week, but it may be homebrew, but it's it's young homebrew. I could have homebrew. I think we're probably banged into the. Well, we should have we should clear up one more thing before we finish the non-registered account, sure. and then we'll do a little bit on the uh, right drinks. All right, I'll go see what's in the fridge. All right, out comes the homebrew. I don't think it's uh, it hasn't carbonated up enough yet. Oh, maybe it has. Ooh. Well, it's <laughs> apparently big... the rattler was a stiff rattler. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bottle. I I bottle them in the one liter flip top house sound bottles. Good thing I got this electronic napkin below me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know the thing is, we always read the spiel on the beer, and and it's my own beer. So how so, do I do a spiel well, on my own beer? Why, you're gonna have to make one. Well, yeah. cheers. This is the uh, Fi Garage Dry Hopped Ale. Fi Garage Smell Dry it. Hopped Ale. Smell that. Oh, that's got a lovely nose, doesn't it? Maybe we should not be podcasting, and we should just be making <laughs> beer. Uh, well, yeah, I do enjoy that. Yeah. So uh, tell us more about. Uh... Oh, that got better from last week. Oh, that's tasty. Yeah. So I, uh, I've i been brewing beer for a while now. Okay, I'll just run you through this beer because we want to talk about it as part of this uh, FI drink episode. But yeah, this is my own homebrew beer. And I am, I'm I'm a Betty Crocker brewer. Okay? Yes. I just mix the ingredients together. I haven't got to the cook your all grains, make the wort, do the whole thing. I'd love to, but there's equipment involved uh, and just Big commitment. not quite there yet. Right. And I find that... From an economic standpoint, this is a really easy way to make beer. Yeah. So I've tried a few different kits. There's 
you know, wherever you live, you're going to find a, a U-Brew type store. I've tried the liquid wart kits and I've tried the, the Cooper's kits. You can buy Cooper's kits and save on foods here. <laughs> so it's great, right? Yeah. Grocery store beer. Grocery store beer. Yeah. There you go. You buy the beer. Um, I'll go into the brewing process a little bit after we wrap up on the non-reg accounts. But uh, yeah, so this is three weeks ago. I kind of threw this together and stick in the bottle. and Tasty. Here it is. FI Garage Ale. Ready to drink. So what did we have to wrap up on the non-registered Oh, account? I thought we should just mention that you can have joint non-registered accounts. And this is going to have some significant impacts with if you're joint with your... I, I actually didn't realize until I read an article by The Greater Fool that you could have a joint non-registered with a parent. Yes. So that's going to make a lot of difference on estate planning. So that's important to learn about. And that you can have a non-reg joint with your spouse. Which Automatic is gonna, rollover. Yeah. Well, it's going to have a lot of impact when it comes down to drawing down those assets and putting the assets in. And there's going to be a lot of tax implications that are too specific for us to to talk about. Yeah. You really, it's it's another thing where you're going to want to go see a professional planner and really dial into your individual situation. Yeah. I think what we can really sort of pull together from the the discussion is, you know, hold, hold Canadian assets in there. Uh, growth is the best. Yeah. Uh, dividend strategy works really well if you've got a good plan for that. Yeah. But if you're at the point where you're starting to throw a bunch of money into your non-registered account, good for you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And talk to somebody that really knows the ins and outs. Make sure you've got a good plan going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you've got a plan. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for that email. Uh, we will. I I should mention that uh, Trevor suggested we drink Fat Tug. And we. Do have fat tugs dialed for another episode? Yeah, that was coming up on an IPA episode because we do have a lot of IPAs. Yeah, and and we and I figured that the homebrew tied nicely into our FI drinks episode, which we're going to wrap this up with. We should also mention it's been a really hard week, and I couldn't drink a fat tug right now. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you maybe you needed a fat tug, or maybe I needed a fat tug. Uh, anyway, so FI approved summer drinks, right? Uh, you're camping, you're uh, playing ball. You're having a barbecue with friends over. Booze is freaking expensive. Oh, so we're not talking water. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just going to say water. And then... <laughs> yeah, there are no alcoholic beverages allowed, water only, right? That's perfect. Okay. And shows over. To... Wow. That you pumped yourself out of a stream so that you didn't have to pay your water bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's pretty good today on that. Well, so yeah, saving yeah. that up, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll. Say, talk a little bit more about my brewing. Sure. I think it's something super easy that anybody can do. Um, I've got a little bit of a setup here, but basically you can do it in your own kitchen sink. Yeah. You buy the canister. Whoa, how long does the beer have to sit in your kitchen sink? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You transfer it to your closet for a couple of weeks. Okay. And then it goes in the fridge. No, it, it is very simple though. You get a, it's a all-in-one type can. Um, you mix that in with your water. It makes 20 liters for 15 bucks. I do put in a, uh, I usually use a liquid malt extract, but you can also put in a dry malt extract for like another $10. And then I use a good quality yeast, which you can find at UU Brew. And then I've been dry hopping it. So I put hot pellets in towards the end of the brew. So on brewing day, it takes me, you know, an hour to get right. it all set up and it goes in a closet. Um, I have a temperature controlled little closet, but you can put it in your, bedroom closet or your basement closet somewhere where it's a stable temperature around 20 degrees right yeah and uh i rack it once so racking it means the fermentation process is done you transfer it to another a glass vessel you give it another week or 10 days uh then I, I usually add hops for like a five-day finish 
and uh, clean, make sure disinfectant. I mean, I won't go into teaching you how to homebrew on the show, obviously. No. But the process takes me three yeah. weeks. Uh, bottling takes a little longer. And then this has been resting for a week now. And it's quite drinkable. It's got good carbonation. Oh, yeah. Great carbonation. So what's a liter like this cost? So we're talking about making 20... I average out about 22 to 23 liters. Am I all in... For the Coopers, the all in uh, is about $42. Uh, yeah, I think that's more like oh, sorry, $2. $2 a liter. $2 a liter. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. So we're talking like 35 50. cents a can. Right. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah, about that. Our yeah. math is really bad right now. <laughs> yeah, you're doing well or over there. 70 cents a can, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. It's pretty good. I mean, there's a bit of work involved in it, and it's if you enjoy, you got to enjoy. You got to enjoy yeah, doing it. Absolutely. And the nice thing is, it's it for me. <laughs> the uh, what are we calling her? Is she Mrs. Money Mechanic or the scientist? You I, really wanted somebody to be called the financial scientist. <laughs> financial scientist. Anyway, she gives me a really hard time because being the scientist, she's you know all about the procedure, and she's like, "Well, what'd you put in this one?" I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to see how it turns out. <laughs> What kind of hops yeah. you put in? Well, I put in Zaka and I put in Citra and put a little of this, yeah, a little of that. that. So from that point, it's fun. It's a hobby, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's cheap, available beer. So the other thing that we do as well is, I noticed the flyer for the grocery store came out the other day, and apple juice is on for one dollar a liter. Okay. Well, what do you do with one liter of apple juice? You pour it down the sink and <laughs> curse yourself for buying. It. <laughs> No, stuff is terrible. You throw some yeast in it and make cider. Well, that seems like a good idea. Okay, that so seems better. This is a, an, another FI Garage approved beverage, and it's this is super easy. I mean, this is easier than making beer. Right. So I bought a case, twelve liters of Sunripe. It's the Sunripe, hundred percent apple juice. Okay. Don't want anything that has any crap in it. Right. You right. Just want hundred percent apple juice, and this makes better cider than fresh tree, like apples off a tree. Okay. okay, let me rephrase that. Maybe it doesn't make better cider, but it's way easier because you're not squishing the apples, you're right. not getting rid of the pulp, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. you've got nice 12-liter boxes. You put it in your fermentation container. And what we've been doing now is we use an ale yeast instead of a champagne yeast. So you throw your yeast in there, and like seven to ten days later, cider ready to go in the bottle. How does it compare to growers or, you know, your... Run-of-the-mill store-bought. Better. It's yeah. nice and clear. Again, you know, do some reading. Yeah. I have a little bit of learning, but it's it's super easy, and it's really nice, crystal clear, and uh, you can make it with as much carbonation as you want. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a sort of two-week process, and that's 12 bucks plus a pack of yeast that yeah. I keep from the Cooper's Kit because I don't use their yeast for the beer. For, well, there you go. So a, a buck a liter for, buck a for liter, cider. A buck a liter for cider. And don't you make cider from your trees too? If you've got fruit trees, yeah. Well, <laughs> our plum tree was supposed to be cider the first. Well, it was supposed to be jam the first year. Right. The jam never set up, so it got turned into a plum ginger cider. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you got fruit trees, and, and that's the thing though is like, if you start going into the amount of time to make your own booze from trees, yeah, it's, it's a, really it's a pretty hobby. Costly. It's really a hobby at that yeah. point. Because it takes the time to pick the fruit, clean the fruit. You got to blanch the plums to get the skins off. Blah blah blah. You're basically making a jam before you make it into booze. Right. So. Well, I was walking somewhere, and uh, one of the cider companies was out slinging cider, and they want twelve bucks for 
one of their cans. It's super expensive. Oh, it's super yeah. expensive. So I'll take twelve dollars for twelve liters, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're looking at it from a point of view that you're uh, you're going to a friend's barbecue, you you can bring your own bottle with you, right? Yeah. We use all the reusable bottles. Um, you know, if you buy the bomber beers, keep those. You can, can cap them easily, or or the flip top style bottles. I mean, if you can't find two dozen Grolsch bottles around <laughs> out there, like everybody yeah. keeps them because they're perfect for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a great way to have some booze on hand when you go to an event, the friend's house or something like that. You sure, bring some to share. Yeah. So those are kind of my our go tos for uh, FI approved, saving some money, not going to the, not spending at the beverage store. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got any ideas? Well, highballs. Mix your own? Mix your own highballs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're looking at less than 26 bucks for 26 ounces of booze most of the time. Yeah. So throw some pop in there. It's a buck a drink. So don't go with the the pre-made can versions? No. Yeah, that might be our stupid money move. Eh? I that's got to be the stupid money move. Because... Convenience kills, right? Yeah. Convenience kills your finances. Yeah. I mean... Four or five, I don't know what they cost, but well, it's all basically like, yeah, cost well, it's like 15 a, bucks for a, a six pack. Yeah, a six yeah. pack of the vodka sodas now is like 12 or 13 bucks, and that's yeah. six ounces of booze, technically, like right. math wise. Yeah. yeah, same as beer. Vodka's pretty cheap, pretty Gin's cheap. Gin's pretty cheap. Well, uh, well, I don't know if we're allowed to distill stuff. There's lots of distilleries everywhere, so there are. I don't to distill I, now. No, I don't think so. I don't think you can distill in your house. No, uh, okay. I believe that's called moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> are we still at that point where we can't distill at home? We can't just make moonshine in the bathtub. I think I, it's a health risk. It's a health risk. Yeah, I thought it was an explosion risk. Could be. Yeah, probably both. Yeah, <laughs> explosion <laughs> is risky to health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make your own wine. I do wine. Oh, right. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I'm like, we're missing something here. Yeah, yeah. wine. No, I completely blanked on that one. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, uh, it works out to be about three bucks a bottle. So you do a fresh fruit wine or a kit wine? Kit wine. Kit wine, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not nearly advanced enough to do fresh fruit. Well, and the thing is with the, any like, same with the beer, same with the ciders, doing any kind of fresh process is far more scientific. You have to be much more accurate better controls it it's basically becomes much more scientific yeah but if you just want to save some money go buy a dozen <laughs> go buy a kit or go buy a yeah. dozen liters of apple juice yep it's a great way to save some money yeah well you from know, you the can... uh, fi alcoholics garage <laughs> whoa easy well i was gonna say even you know the um four liter jugs of uh apple juice that you get yeah those big ones you can make your cider right in those right you need to have specialized yeah. brewing equipment now do you Yes, you, I you, do, yeah. personally. Yeah. So what did your setup cost you? Ah, well, we won it in a curling bond spiel. Oh, so that's, that's that's pretty good. How about you? <laughs> no, I think, the... you, I think you'd be looking at less than $100, $150. Yeah, I think you can get kits for, for a basic, basic setup. Now, yeah. do you brew your own wine at home, or do you go to the... the... I go to the one of the U-brew places. Right. So it, you... I could get it even cheaper if I did it at home. Yeah, but there would be some setup costs. Well, and I just don't have the space to... Yeah. For the carboys and everything, so it's just easier to... Do they have on. the brew your beer stores like they do oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's another option oh totally yeah you could just yeah. go you, it's really easy go do you know there. what the cost there is like compared to what you're doing the for? last time i did a, a brew in a in a brew facility was around 120 dollars a batch 
which is about the same. It's about the same volume. It's about 20, 25 liters. So a little more expensive than what you're expensive. doing it for. Yeah, but not much. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. So yeah, you yeah. you can definitely save money, and you know you're gonna have to do a little bit of work. But hey, what isn't a little bit of extra effort to save some dollars these days? There you go. Right on. Well, hopefully you got through the boring section where we talked about taxes and unregistered accounts. Or maybe you thought that was a, the exciting section. Yeah. And Who knows? You don't drink, so. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Then none of this money savings is a problem for you. Exactly. There's the number one way to save on drinks yeah. Yeah. is to not drink. Quit drinking. Yeah. Well, hey, this was the cheapest drinking episode on the garage because uh, you guys owe me for a homebrew and we only used half a beer for the Rattlers. Well, there you go. That's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the FI Garage. You can find us on all the usual social media outlets. Don't forget to subscribe and send us show ideas. We yeah. Actually, we actually use them. We use them. We yeah, thanks. Them. Another shout-out for Trevor. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Fat Tug coming up on another episode. What? Nobody has, like, the goodbye? I, I thought you just said goodbye. Yeah, I don't know. You always do a stupid uh, goodbye. <laughs> you do. Well, that's true. <laughs>